0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the This Week in British History podcast. Before we get started, this is an audio version of the YouTube series This Week in British History, which is available on the British History Tours uh, uh, channel. So just to let you know that if you want to watch so that you also get the visuals, there is a link in the show notes on this podcast, which will give you the link to YouTube. But I've also recorded this, so in a way that I hope you can enjoy it fully, also as a podcast. All right, let's get started. Hello fellow history lovers and welcome back to my channel. My name is Philippa Lacey-Brule from British History Tours and if you love British history then you are definitely in the right place. Please make sure you subscribe to my channel and hit the bell so that you get notifications when I upload a new episode. Um, also please give me a thumbs up and comment below if there is something you particularly enjoyed or something you think I missed or something else you'd like to see me cover. And I'd love to know your feedback. So this week, we are covering events that happened between the 27th of January and the 2nd of February. Now, a lot happened in this week, so I'm not going to cover it all because it would take forever. And you know, I need to leave myself something to do in subsequent years as well, no? So this week there's quite a lot of Tudor history going on and and also a lot around the English Civil Wars. We have the death of Henry VIII, we have the burial of his first wife Catherine of Aragon, and we have that on the same day that his second wife Anne Boleyn miscarried, so we will definitely be talking about those events. Also on the same day in history, you have the execution of Charles I and the posthumous beheading oh hanging and beheading of Oliver Cromwell. So that certainly needs to be covered. Also, the Beatles did their rooftop um, concert and uh, and at the end of this video, I'm going to provide a link to. Um, to another YouTube um, video which shows that concert because it's just, it's just fantastic still even today. This week I'm going to try it a little bit differently, I'm going to just talk. you like if you if you follow me on Facebook you'll know that I do my live videos and there's very little editing involved and you get all my tangents and my errs and my I think I say so a lot and I think I say now a lot so I apologize already for that so we're gonna have a go today I'm going to talk to you about the events that happened in this week in British history and if I make mistakes so be it I will correct them and Anyway, let's get started. On the 28th of January, 1547, Henry VIII died at Whitehall. And to be honest, I think he's probably gonna get enough attention today, uh, well, this week. So what I want to do is talk about in more detail the events which happened to his first two wives in this week in history. The links between them are very interesting. His first wife, Catherine of Aragon, had died on the 7th of January at Kimbolton Castle, where she had been after she had been made to leave the English court. And she she wasn't well, we don't really know um why she died. Um, <clears throat> You know, the the medical knowledge, of course, at the time wasn't the same as today, but also the records that they kept. Um, even modern modern um, doctors and, and people in the medical profession would have to, or do have to try and pick through what information is there and try and make a diagnosis, which, you know, I'm sure diagnosing things is difficult enough when you've got a patient in front of you, but when you've got 500 years. Um, gap and no patient in front of you, it must be very difficult. So we're not totally sure um, how Catherine died or uh, what caused Catherine's death. But She was about 50 years of age Um, and she died on the 7th of uh, January. Now this is 1536. 1536, for anyone who is an Anne Boleyn fan, will know that 1536 was also the year that Anne Boleyn died. And actually, these women, Henry VIII's first and second wife, uh, wives died within five months of each other, or well, just over five months of each other. Sorry, um, with Anne Boleyn being executed on the 19th of May. Now, when uh, uh, Catherine, were, sorry, so Catherine died on the 7th of January, she was buried on the 29th of January at Peterborough, and it was Peterborough Abbey at the time. It since became a cathedral because we're just before the dissolution. Of the monasteries at this point Um, and Peterborough Abbey was actually dissolved in 1539 and it was created by letters patent from Henry VIII it was created into a uh, a cathedral in 1541 so Catherine of Aragon is buried now Peterborough Cathedral was Peterborough Abbey on the same day she was buried Anne suffered another miscarriage and I say another because she had a, a miscarriage that we know about in 1534. This miscarriage was probably by her own reckoning she was about three and a half months pregnant and it although maybe not on its own it was part of the cascade of incidents and things that happened um, worries in Henry's mind um, goodness knows what's going on in Henry's mind a lot of the time but that led to Anne falling out of favour with Henry very quickly and um, and obviously ultimately anyway she was executed in May which we will cover obviously in uh, in other subsequent videos but I think it's very interesting to look at the link between these women not only um, are they Henry's first and second wives but I think Catherine can sometimes become a bit of a footnote to Anne's story but I do wonder how many uh, realize that they died within a few months of each other. Uh, Catherine had been um, sidelined if that's the right word for in favor of Anne about six years prior Um, and Anne herself at this time was finding that she was uh, becoming only one of Henry's um, love interests again, because it's around this time that Anne mentions for the first time that um, Henry's attentions are turning to another, and she sort of says, I can't, I can't, cope with it like maybe Catherine could because I love you so much more than she did and I just can't bear the fact that your attentions are turning to another and that other was of course Jane Seymour. So 29th of January is significant for Catherine and Anne. It was Catherine's burial at Peterborough Abbey and it was the day that Anne had her final miscarriage. This is all in 1536. You can go and visit the tomb of catherine of aragon uh, which i did actually only a few days ago because they have a catherine of aragon festival at peterborough um, at the cathedral every year to mark the, uh, the the date at which she was laid to rest there which is fantastic um, so if you ever get a chance to go over to peterborough for that it's always the uh, the weekend closest to the 29th of January where they have uh, events and services in commemoration of Catherine. I think it's really interesting when events that are linked somehow actually happened on the same day in history, maybe years apart. So last week we had the first representative uh, parliament had met and then a few hundred years, or about 400 years later I think it was, Parliament was trying Charles I. Well, we have another link. On the 30th of January, obviously not in the same year, but on the 30th of January, we have the execution of Charles I. He had been found guilty of treason by Parliament. He didn't recognise this Parliament, but he was found guilty and he was executed on the 30th of January. uh, Twelve years later, Oliver Cromwell, which you will know. Was the, uh, the 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 head? He, he became protectorate of the Commonwealth. Um, he was posthumously hung and beheaded. So we'll, we'll, let me tell you a bit more about both of those stories. Charles I was executed 30th of January 1649. And he was executed outside, well, you can, you can go to his execution site. And what I find fascinating about this every time I go, because um, I, I, I do a tour in Whitehall and I, I love the fact, because it's ir- not ironic, it's, um, it's just interesting to realise that people are walking through the execution site of one of our kings, <clears throat> probably without realising it. Here we are at Banqueting House on Whitehall, the sun about to pop over the top there. It's here 30th of January 1649 that Charles I was led out of a window now blocked up to be executed in front of a crowd. Um, he was the reigning monarch but we, he'd lost the English Civil Wars and the parliamentarians under Oliver Cromwell had tried him for treason at the Great Hall in Westminster just down the road from here and had found him guilty. He was led out to a scaffolding around about the height of those first so, uh, first row of windows. The, the block on which he had to lay his neck was the small block, um, which meant that he, instead of um, other nobles, which would have, who would have knelt to have uh, to be executed, he had to lie down. It was uh, another piece of humiliation um, on the part of the parliamentarians for Charles. It was different to how it looks now. So the gates, Holbein Gate and um, the other gate, the name I can't remember at the top of of my head, were still in place. So actually you had almost a, a square, if you like, in that area that was packed with people who had come to watch. Why they were watching, whether they just thought this couldn't actually happen and were interested to see what was going to happen, I imagine there were people from both sides there, um, those wanting to see the king dead and those not. When he was executed, the, the sound from the crowd was uh, like a, a groan, a, I imagine a, oh, <laughs> that, that did just happen, it, uh, and uh, shock, and um, uh, what happens now? Um, he was executed at 2 p.m. And there is a clock on the top of Horse Guards parade with the two blackened, and that is to signify the time at which Charles I was executed opposite because Bangerton House and Horse Guards parade is opposite. Um, he there's two stories about his shirts. he'd asked uh, either for two shirts or for a thicker shirt that morning with thirtieth of January, so. It's in the middle of our winter, and he did not want to appear frightened, so he didn't want to shiver, hence wanting a warmer garment to wear. And because because Charles, Charles wasn't scared. I don't I don't think uh, beyond obviously what was possibly human and 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 uncontrollable, but he believed he was going to a higher place. He'd always believed in his divine right to rule, as his father James I had done. And um, actually, well worth mentioning, he had walked through Banqueting House, and Banqueting House, if you've ever been, and if you haven't, put it on your list, has an incredible um, painted ceiling by Rubens, and it depicts... James I, on there, um, and Charles I had those um, paintings commissioned, so he, he, he'd he have to walk under these paintings depicting his his father in heaven uh, to go to his own death. I think probably the most upsetting part of it is to read accounts of, and I'll, I'll put links into the show notes, but read accounts of... Um, Charles having to say goodbye to his children. I think that he, he, he from, from my understanding he knew he was, well he, he was sort of being sacrificed and I think he uh, had a, a peace with that because he knew it was for some, it was greater than him if you like. But saying goodbye to his young children really had um, upset him as you would imagine. So that was two o'clock on the 30th of January, 1649. Charles I is beheaded outside Banqueting House on Whitehall. After the execution of Charles I, Britain becomes a republic for the next 11 years, run by a man called Oliver Cromwell. A politician, a soldier, um, charismatic, a great leader, He was of the Puritan faith, and we saw a lot of destruction and um, defacing of tombs, cathedrals, anything they saw as idolatrous um, or for privilege. You know, they were against sort of hereditary privilege, Um, and we we, so we see a lot of of damage, uh, including. Uh, related to the story we've we've just covered about Catherine, including Catherine of Aragon's tomb at Peterborough Cathedral, which was destroyed, um, and her her body luckily left alone. Although they they had moved the, um, the the tombstone, I believe, to to see if there was any jewels there with her, and there wasn't. But well, yeah we see a lot of destruction. However. When Oliver Cromwell dies, Oliver Cromwell has a grand funeral and is buried in a grand tomb in Westminster Abbey. It's, it's another story for another day, but well worth looking into if you uh, are interested, because this uh, he basically became another monarch. I mean, monarch means, um, the mono part of it is one, it's one person in charge a monarchy is 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 one person in charge um and he certainly seemed to take on the trappings windsor castle um as an aside sort of survives because he he liked windsor castle whereas other places uh, other castles we have hardly anything remaining of them um after he dies uh through a series of events Charles II is requested to come back to um to Britain and we have the restoration of the monarchy and we have retribution those who signed the death warrant of his father Charles I were hunted down and executed where they could be any any who could went into exile on the continent but even those who'd already died in the intervening time couldn't escape so Oliver Cromwell along with two other um bodies were exhumed they were exhumed on the 28th of January and on the 30th of January they were taken pulled on a sled to Tyburn as a, as a live person would have been who was who's was going to be hung there and they were taken to Tyburn they were hung on the gallows Then their heads were removed and put on spikes outside Westminster, where they apparently stayed for the remainder of Charles II's reign, so about another 20 or so years. Um, So even death didn't, uh, didn't mean that Cromwell escaped some sort of retribution from his son, but so he no longer has a tomb at Westminster Abbey. Um, and another story that goes along with this, which is linked to the Whitehall area, and which I love telling, and um, I have another video on this, so I will provide the link to this at the top of Whitehall on a traffic roundabout, or I call it a roundabout, traffic island. Uh, is a statue of Charles I on horseback. Now this statue apparently was created in the reign of Charles I, and it was somehow hidden and was later erected on on this spot. But this spot has another link to all the events that happened here, so more of the the people who signed that death warrant for Charles I were hung, drawn, and quartered um, on that spot So now Charles I is sat on his horse, on that spot, looking down Whitehall, looking towards where he was executed. The last thing that I want to cover today, which I promised you at the beginning of the video, is the Beatles Rooftop Concert, but before I give you the link to go and watch that, thank you very much for joining me again this week for This Week in British History, Please, if you want a daily dose of history, come along to my Facebook page or my Instagram and you can find me there, British History Tours or British underscore uh, History underscore Tours for Instagram. And um, I've put the links in the show notes um, so you can come and find me there. Also, I have put links to my sources and also further reading, so that if you are interested in any of the topics that I've covered today, you can go and have a a further um, read and delve into the topic yourself. But thank you for watching. I'll see you next week.